Well, there is a lot to be proud of here. Um, the Beatitudes started in your diocese. Yes. Just, you know. <laughs> yes. I, I failed to. I was, I was just about ready to say that. <laughs> no, we have to do a tip shameless. Of, tip of the shameless <laughs> plug. Tip of the tongue. Do you know, like, I want to plant, like, things in your head that maybe someday it's going to slip in a homily and you're going to be like, those guys. Like, you could call it the book of Beatitudonomy. <laughs> <laughs> Common mistake in the Pentateuch, yeah. You could say that they were sent out dude by dude. There's like a lot of ways you could maybe incorporate us into a homily and just see what happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for those not okay. watching on YouTube, the bishop had a faraway look in his eyes. <laughs> and he inched back from the microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We are howling in studio for this Friday bonus edition of The Beatted Dudes, a show for Christian men seeking to grow in their holiness in this crazy modern world as they stay close to Jesus Christ and to one another in authentic fraternity rooted with humor, holiness, and humorness. <laughs> My name is Jeff Shufflebein. I'm one of the Beatitudes. I'm so grateful to be here with y'all on this Friday. I'm joined by Paul Kolker. Howdy. What's your middle initial? Uh, M. Paul M. Kolker and Nick Ellis. D. A. <laughs> Besner. D. A. Besner. A for Andrew. You Andrew had, Besner. What a, a one beautiful. In, one in 26 shot. Yeah, yeah. I missed it. I missed it. Well, uh, you know what I am going to get right is that our guest today is Bishop Edward Burns from the Diocese of Dallas. We are filming this in early October. This is actually airing in the middle of November, but tomorrow is your birthday. Whoa. Whoa. Happy birthday, Happy Bishop. Happy birthday. This is, wow. this is what you wanted Thank to do, was hang out with the three of us facing this direction <laughs> for your birthday kickoff weekend. That's awesome. It's interesting you know that. Uh, so People yeah. sent me lots of stuff about you, and I just <laughs> picked out the stuff that would be good for the Beatitude. No. Uh, Matt Kramer said, don't forget his birthday's tomorrow. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, happy God birthday. bless Matt. Yeah, well, God bless you for well, being thanks. a great shepherd for us. Thanks. You know, it's interesting that tomorrow's the feast of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary. Mm -hmm. And I was um, baptized in the church of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary. Whoa. And went to school at Our our Holy Rosary School. And, awesome. And I had that day off because it was the parish feast day. Oh, I told my brother it's because I was special. You're, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Coincidence? Yeah. Gosh, I don't think so. Gosh, that is awesome, though, that the, the ladies' fingerprints are That's exactly what I mentioned in the earlier segment, too. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's amazing. And the first parish assignment was Our Lady of Lords. Mm. My mm. second assignment was Immaculate Conception. Um, when I was um, then uh, assigned to Juno, the cathedral was the nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Wow. And wow. and then I remember praying before the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City in the shrine uh, with some special needs. And um, it was soon after that that I came to Dallas. And then you can only imagine when I found out the name of the cathedral here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yeah. I love it. <clears throat> I love it. Well, listen, we had such a great first episode with you. Uh, we ended up mixing things up. Usually we'll do a question of the day, so we're going to kick over to Paul to yeah. do the Beatitudes So question. we've got the TBD question of the day, the Beatitudes question. And the question is simply, uh, and, and these can be just short, short and sweet answers, but what is a lesson that you learned from your mom or your dad, or both, I suppose, but what's a, a lesson that they imparted as you were growing up? You're going to nod at one of us to go first? Sure, yeah. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, 
I just last week had two kids in the hospital at the same time, and I reflected on this, uh, that my parents taught me growing up, you never leave a kid alone in the hospital. Like, you find a way. And when we had two in the hospital at the same time in different parts, that finding the way was an incredible puzzle to pull off because there's still four at home and they still got to eat and, and function. Um, but I always loved that about my parents. Like, you never leave them alone. Bishop, I've bragged about you in public about this before, but when my son was born and was really in this dire straits and paralyzed, sedated on a bunch of medication because his lungs wouldn't open, <coughs> I got a 202 phone call, like you mentioned on the uh, the first show, and it was the first time you and, ever, you and I ever talked on the phone. I didn't know who it was, and I answered. And you said, Jeff, this is Bishop Burns. I, I didn't know I was going to tell this story on this question, but yeah, you and I prayed over my son while he was in his, uh, you know, kind of hardest moments and uh, he made a miraculous recovery and I'll never forget like how emotional I was knowing that my bishop was there for me in that hospital with my son so mm. anyways always be there for your kids in the hospital is kind of the punchline that's yeah for me uh one that comes to mind is you know you reap what you sow so what you put into something you know the more you put in the more you get out uh, I just remember specifically uh training for cross-country in junior high like this is going pretty far back but it kind of instilled that um putting in the extra effort pays off and i remember going down to the farm with my dad and running hills like beyond just what the coach had us do uh and i ended up you know winning district that year so it was just that like early installation of like hard effort hard work pays off yeah that's fantastic yeah Bishop, what's it? What's one for you? What's something you learned from your mom or dad? You know, with my parents, with my dad, what a man of faith, uh, integrity, uh, fairness, uh, a gentleman through and through. Never said an ill word about anyone. Um, always an honesty that was just so much a, a core of his character. And so, and my mom on on her side, what a work ethic. That she had, oh. and I just always cherished that, um, <clears throat> and I <laughs> absolutely loved it. That's awesome. Yeah, it shows. Well, so, well yeah. So I want to just um, I'm gonna kind of focus in on my dad on this one because I have realized that he's a big part of the humor and holiness aspect. He's kind of helped me to to hone in on both of those. So the the more um, maybe heartfelt one is that I remember I was probably like seven or eight years old somewhere around that age, and we were in Mass at St. Anne's, um, so early days of St. Anne's as well. And I remember um, watching him after communion, and he had received on the hand, and he had noticed that there was like a, a crumb on his hand, and he was very careful about, you know, grabbing, or not grabbing, but just touching it with his finger and making sure to place the rest in his mouth. And I, I just remember in that moment, I was like, oh, there's, there's something going on here that's more than just you know, what meets the eye. And so that was a, a very um, real seed planted there for my faith as well at a young age. Um, and then kind of the, the humor part or the, the kind of funny part, um, I had a, a little bit later, I was probably 14, 15, had kind of one of the first heartbreaks that happens, you know, when you start trying to date and figure out this whole thing of who, who are these girls and how does this work and, <laughs> and um, had a heartbreak and my, my mom was walking through the kitchen and she had like a basket of laundry or something, something she was carrying and she walked through and then did a double take and backed up. My dad and I were sitting at the table in the kitchen. We each had a beer and my mom was like, what, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and my dad said, teach him how to deal with girl problems. 
I'm, I'm fine. I turned out fine, but it was a fun like bro moment kind of with my dad of like, oh yeah, okay, we can we can have a beer. This is him, you know. And even like, the way he probably deadpanned your mom. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Come on, this is what it is. This is what you do. Yeah. No, but I just remember that kind of helped inject some levity into the situation of just you know. D- Try not to take things too seriously, even though yes, it's a real, it's a real problem, and it was a heartbreak. And he, li- you know, listened and we talked it through. But it, it kind of helped to be like, oh, I'm also kind of an adult now. Like it just, it, it was a great moment. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Well, our parents have a lot to do with the way we turn out, but so do the priests that are shepherding us along the way. Mm-hmm. You have kicked off a very big process here in the diocese of Dallas. Um, I think the word synod was not well known until recently on the big global landscape, but you actually started a process for doing a Dallas synod prior to, I think, the announcement coming out of Rome. Can you talk to us about kind of the whole kit and caboodle of what we're what we're doing here in Dallas and what a synod is? Sure. A synod is actually a gathering uh, within the church, a listening session, so as to bring forth resolutions that the priest the religious and the lay faithful vote on uh, in order to show their advice to the bishop what they would like to see. Um, It was actually during the pandemic. And brothers, I got to tell you, I never thought that I would have had such an excruciating decision to make than to close churches. Can't imagine. And that our pews would go empty mm. on Sunday yeah. that no one would gather. When that global pandemic happened, then <clears throat> I moved into how best to stay connected. And the Diocese of Dallas never had a televised mass. And so we started a televised mass and we got wonderful musicians. We got Dave and Lauren Moore and and I know Dave was on your program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a good, good holy man. And Omar, and and we have then televised mass on the Fox Network as well as Telemundo. Um, and it starts all at the same time, the same moment on four different medias, cable, website, Instagram, and Facebook. And so it starts all at the same time. And let's face it, it's you. whenever you do something, you ask the Lord to bless your efforts. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lord blessed our efforts in such a beautiful way. I have to share with you, one woman wrote to me and said, Bishop, you don't know, you have no grasp of how significant this is for me. She says, my two sons serve in the military, and I don't have internet. I don't have a computer. I watch cable. But my sons and I raised them Catholic here in the diocese. We've been to many of the churches and things like that. She said, I want to let you know, my one son is stationed in Iraq, my other one in Afghanistan. And they wake up in the middle of the night to watch mass with their mom from the same parish, from the same priest, the same prayers, the same homily, the same church. And she said, it just touches me Mm. to know I'm with my boys and they're with their mom in that, you know, hellacious experience that they're going through, you know, the love of God, the love of their mom. It So it just really touched my heart with all of that. And, you know, it's <clears throat> indicative of how God brings good things even out of, you know, our, our 
struggles and our challenges. But I knew I had to have a historic response to a historic global pandemic. And so that's whenever I made the decision to have um, a synod for the Diocese of Dallas. The last time there was a synod in the Diocese of Dallas was back in 1934, and it was convened by Bishop Lynch. Wow. Who oh. was the third bishop. <laughs> wow. The third bishop of the diocese. I've heard of the high school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a real person. <laughs> exactly. So with that, I started the synod process. We have one person who is absolutely phenomenal, and her name is Lacey De La Garza, and doing such a phenomenal job with uh, the synod process. And we have had scores of listening sessions. We have thousands of pages of input listening sessions, mm-hmm. and they cover the gamut of every aspect of the church. And it's just powerful. When you've been doing this with different groups, like you'll, I've seen where you'll take leaders of Catholic nonprofits in town, leaders of Catholic schools, people who fell away from the church as a listening session, people struggling with different parts of their life. It's really neat to watch that this isn't just a couple of town halls and let's just hang out. There is a very robust process happening, and they actually come up here to the Lucid Private Office we're in, also known as Vatican Valley. Oh, <laughs> They'll yes. come up here and do, uh, Greg Creedy and Lacey will come up here and do some of their like blowout sessions of every single note. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been a part of this process and you're in the di- Dallas Diocese, every single thing that's ever been written or submitted is read and prayed over and then kind of brought together to you in a, in a way that you can actually digest without having to read thousands of individual note cards. It's been pretty incredible to watch this process play. Correct. And, and the actual synod will take place in December 2024. And, up in, and, and, and we're in the process of selecting those who are going to be the delegates representing all the parishes, representing, and of course, all the priests will be a part of it. Um, and we're going to have a multi-day retreat just to pray over all this before the synod actually occurs. It's really awesome because it, it strikes me as a, a road to Emmaus type vision, right? Where you're you're walking with people who are maybe dejected or disappointed or or frustrated with, with any number of things, right? Because there's so many topics and so you're gonna hear things from all different people from all walks of life and uh, different experiences and, and you know, the, when the Lord was walking with those disciples on, on the road to Emmaus, um, he asks what, what they're talking about and, and they say, um, you know, have you not heard what's going on? And he's like, well, what, what, what things, what things are bothering you basically? And he just lets them kind of exactly dump it all out. And then, and then he imparts the, the gospel. So it's correct. Yeah. There is the listening and then there's the teaching and then there's the sending. Mm. And it, when you call it a, a Emmaus moment, it, it really is like that. And what a profound opportunity it is for the church to accompany people in their journey, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever their Emmaus may be. And it's powerful. And then talk to us for a second about this. So the synod happens in 2024 towards the end. And then you go through this long process of implementation, the sending forth part. Where does that culminate? Mm-hmm. Okay. So w- with it um, comes the implementation of the resolutions uh, that'll come before me. I then, um, put them into a pastoral letter, then a decree, and then we start working on them. Uh, we will 
prioritized them. Um, and then in the same process, my goal is to then revitalize the faithful of the Diocese of Dallas so that they revitalize their own relationship with Jesus Christ in and through the church. Ultimately, we're going to then culminate all of this in the great celebration of 2031. And to highlight 2031 is then to celebrate the 500th anniversary of the appearance of Our Lady of Guadalupe to San Juan Diego. And so we're, we're so pumped. Wait, 2030, is that even a real year? <laughs> like, that sounds so far, in, I mean, it's not, but it sounds so far into the future. But so you guys are already casting this vision. Correct. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> well, one of the things we talked about right when we come on on air, this just became public information. Can you talk about the Cathedral of Our Lady of Guadalupe here in the Dallas Diocese? Right, I exactly. We have had such a wonderful um, gift in this diocese of our cathedral of Our Lady of Guadalupe, that people have traveled from all over uh, to be here. And at the same time, we utilize the cathedral of Our Lady of Guadalupe as a real source of strength for so many people. And Our Lady of Guadalupe, as I mentioned earlier, is, is you know, the queen of the Americas. Um, there was a day in Dallas recently, in recent years, where we were host to 3,200 unaccompanied minors, young boys from south of the border. Um, we brought an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe to a mass that we celebrated at the convention center with all these kids. A number of them just wept mm. because they, they prayed to her um, on their journey of coming to the United States. And... Um, for those who stayed here in the Dallas area, we had a huge celebration for them, uh, a mass at Our Lady of Guadalupe. And it just means so much to, to so many people to have a wonderful landmark and, and recognizing the, the patronage of Our, Our Lady of Guadalupe, the patroness of this diocese. And so I made the request of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops to raise our cathedral to the dignity of a national shrine. And so it was just recently granted in September. Incredible. Uh, I feel like cool. we could say it's breaking news here. It's not true, <laughs> but I want to just say it is. Yeah. Can we put one of those scrolling <laughs> ticker <laughs> tapes? Yeah, ticker tapes, yeah. And so are you, you're also encouraging pilgrimages with this. Correct. Uh, pilgrimages, um, and we're going to have, in particular, a huge celebration of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 11 and 12, the vigil, and then the actual day of the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. At 2031, I'll have 15 kids. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the geography right on that one, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all going to be in the central time zone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I keep jumping in here. I'm so excited <laughs> about this. I've been to Our Lady Gu Guadalupe twice. I think outside of the Holy Land, it's the most moving place I've ever been on earth. There is something so special about being in that cathedral down in Mexico City in Tepeyac. And I think that uh, if anybody is listening to this, whether you're in the Dallas Diocese or not, I highly encourage pilgrimages down to Mexico City to see sure. Our Lady. We're asking our priests to take um, um, their faithful, uh, their parish um, parishioners, to uh, uh, you know a pilgrimage to Our Lady of Guadalupe, the shrine. 
for those who are unable to, we're going to have processions through the streets here in Dallas and, awesome. and various parishes at various times. Incredible. And then can you just maybe, and I'm putting you on the spot here, can you spotlight a couple of the amazing things happening in this diocese? I think about stuff happening with the University of Dallas and <coughs> homiletics. Like there just seems to be a lot of movement here that you are very proud of. What comes to mind when you just well, talk about the? I will tell you Catholic Charities mm-hmm. makes us proud. Our Catholic schools makes us proud. Our University of Dallas. So if you look at, um, you know, the uh, Catholic Charities, I'm, I'm just so impressed. We have five mobile food trucks that feed hundreds of thousands of families. They have delivered over eight million pounds of food. Oh my gosh. What Catholic Charities has done in this city, and while this city is blessed in so many ways, there are also so many people who struggle in this city too. Catholic Charities has taken 500 homeless people off the street and have given them their own residence at the St. Jude centers that we have. And to hear those stories, and Cindy, who is the executive director of the centers, she tells how a homeless guy will come and she'll open the door to his studio apartment, you know, with a kitchen, its own bath and balcony and, and new furniture and a flat screen TV. And this one guy looked and said to her, and how many people will live in this room? And she said, it's yours. And he was in shock. And with it, the tears just started. Mm. And it's their own home. We had our, uh, when we had our first person who died in uh, this first St. Jude Center, because it's for the most vulnerable, 55 years and older. And when you're on the streets, you age faster. And when there was the first funeral for the uh, first person who died at the, St. Jude, the the understanding that this person died with in their own home, mm. you know, is, is is a blessing. Whenever I look at what's happening with our young people, we just had World Youth Day with the successor of Saint Peter, uh, Pope Francis, in Lisbon, Portugal. The Diocese of Dallas had over one thousand young people there. Wow. It was powerful, and they joined 1.5 million young people from around the world. And so looking at our young people and keeping them strong in the faith, I just purchased a year and a half ago a University Catholic Center, which was an office building uh, right off of UTD's campus, University of Texas in Dallas. And it's not paid for, but... It's booming. It's bursting at the seams right now. And Father Timo is just doing an excellent job. Last year, their first year, four people uh, were were welcomed into the church at the Easter Vigil. I heard a couple weeks ago that they have eight students this year. So I said to Father Timo the other day at at the Archangels event, I said, Father Timo, I hear you've doubled your numbers already. I said, (laughs) God bless you. And he said... Actually, Bishop, we have 12 guys, 12 students, rather, who are uh, looking to be uh, welcomed to the church through the Easter sacraments this year. Wow. And also a man who's who's applying for the seminary. Praise God. Yeah. Wow. Well, there is a lot to be proud of here. Um, 
The Beatitudes started in your diocese. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I failed to. I was, I was just about ready to say that. <laughs> no, we have to do a tip shameless, of, tip of the shameless plug. Tip of the tongue. Do you know what? Like, I want to plant, like, things in your head that maybe someday it's going to slip in a homily and you're going to be like, those guys. Like, you could call it the book of Beatitudonomy. <laughs> common mistake in the Pentateuch yeah you could say that they were sent out dude by dude there's like a lot of ways you could maybe incorporate us into a homily and just see what happens okay <laughs> <laughs> okay for those not okay. watching on YouTube the bishop had a faraway look in his eyes <laughs> and he inched back from the microphone okay. yeah okay. I went down a rabbit hole yeah <laughs> Uh, Gentlemen, this has been uh, more than a pleasure. I sincerely would say this on behalf of everyone I know in the diocese, but especially the three of us here. You're an incredible shepherd for us, and we're blessed to have you at the helm um, and to watch the way that you witness to the personal relationship with Jesus that we're all called to have as we're also working in that witness for others. Thank you. As I said to you, it's an absolute privilege and honor to be your shepherd. So thank you for the opportunity. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our first week to ever have a bishop on the Beatitudes. All you bishops out there, <laughs> you have a very high bar when you come on the Beatitudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was phenomenal. Absolutely. That was so good. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. It's my right. pleasure. We will see you in the Diocese of Dallas, Bishop, and for the rest of you, we will see, see you, you in the Eucharist. God bless. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.